Jeez. Uh, but uh, it's going to be – actually, I do know what it is. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you guys have been with us for a while, you remember we used uh, – in years past, we've done a capture the flag game every single year. We're changing it up this year. So it's going to have a similar flavor to capture the flag, uh, but not really at all. So uh, – the goal is is for you to come with your small group, ready to compete and uh, and ready to uh, to to become the the goat, obviously. Which, as many of you know, it means is an acronym. All right, in case you didn't get that right, because there was like periods behind the letters. Uh, uh, do do we all know what the goat means? The greatest of all time. Okay, good. All right, so like Tom Brady is the goat. Uh, you might disagree with me. Uh, and if you do, go ahead and talk to his uh, six Super Bowl rings. So, uh, anyways, um, uh, you can file your complaints to each of them. Uh, anyways, I, I actually am not a Patriots fan. I'm a Vikings fan. The NFL starts today. Wow, we have more Vikings fans in here? Wow. Wow. But I don't really care about football right now because because it's baseball season still, all right? And and uh, and you know to to pay attention to football before baseball season over is is it's like cheating on the sport you know and so you just can't do that so I uh, I'm a big time baseball fan any other baseball fans in here anybody all right wow there's way that is way higher per capita baseball fanhood in Chi Alpha this year than any other year uh, which makes me it means that the Lord is answering my prayers which is a big deal thank you Jesus. Uh, but uh, how, how, we're going to jump into tonight's message. Before we do, I, I like to tell a story. But before we do that, uh, uh, does anybody have a friend who is, like, overly dramatic? Anybody? Okay. That, like, every little thing, every little thing in their life is, like, the end of the world, right? And, and have you ever told that friend, man, just relax. It's, this is not a matter of life and death. Like, Ramen will go back on sale next week, right? It's not a matter of life and death. We we have that. Uh, we oh, and I f- I forgot. Quentin, you're supposed to come up here and punch me in the face or something. So, uh, come on, come on up here. All right. So uh, every other week in Chi Alpha, uh, we receive an offering to fund Chi Alpha. If Chi Alpha happens and exists based off of giving and donations from individuals. So if Chi Alpha has blessed you, this is a chance to bless Chi Alpha back. But if you are new here, you're checking out Chi Alpha, please feel in no way, shape, or form obligated to give at all whatsoever. Uh, we want to we we be a blessing to you. Uh, but we, uh, we do this every other week to, to obviously make Chi Alpha go around. So thank you guys so much. All right. So anyways, back to the dramatic friends thing. Uh, we've all heard this statement. It's not a matter of life and death, right? 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 We've heard that, right? Okay, that's not like just Steve's old. Uh, it's not a matter of life and death. Last week, I, I ran into a situation that was indeed potentially a matter of life and death. Uh, so um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a ridiculous amount of bees and wasps everywhere in Alaska right now. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't know what the deal is. It's obnoxious. Uh, it's it's like it's like uh, I I for whatever reason I've really enjoyed my mostly 
uh, aggressive insect-free Alaska. Other than mosquitoes, you know, we don't have wood ticks. We don't have big, like, nasty spiders that can kill you and all this stuff. And so I really, I really enjoy that about Alaska. Well, the other day we were out here at the Cuddy Quad, and uh, we were giving out donuts or whatever. And, um, and it was last Tuesday, and I'm talking to this person, and they keep swatting at this wasp. And I'm like, stop it. You're going to make it mad, you know? And they just like, phew, phew. I was like, what? I mean, whatever, do you, should we go inside? We can move. What's going on? So this, this person's like swatting at this thing, and I'm just kind of like trying to play it cool there. It's like, yeah, knock it off, right? And then I, I like literally am just standing there. I've not swatted at this, this thing once. And it comes over, it lands in my hand, and I think it bites me or something. I'm not really sure. But it hurt really, really bad. And I started to complain about it. Now, I am, in case you haven't been able to tell, a little bit of a dramatic person. And I like to milk things out a little bit uh, and get extra care from my wife when something goes wrong. I'm like a super weak, sick person. And so, like, it really hurts. I started to complain about it. Well, the next day, my fingers started to swell up. And then the next day after that, I wake up, and I'm like, Aaron, this looks really bad. My pinky was twice as big as my thumb. And uh, there was swelling in my hand and down my arm, and there was a red streak going from here up into my armpit. And I said, I better go get this checked out. So I go into the doctor, and, he, and uh, he looks at me. He goes, well, Steve, I got good news, and I got bad news. The bad news is you have cellulitis. And uh, I said, okay, what's the good news? He goes, the good news is you're not alive 100 years ago because if this would have happened 100 years ago, you'd be getting your affairs in order because you'd be dead in a couple weeks. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> time, time out. I heard the word death, affairs in order, and that is not, and, and bad news. And I'm like, wait a minute, so I'm not going to die? He said, oh, no, you're not going to die. We're going to get you on some antibiotics. I was like, listen, you know, did they teach you about any, like, bedside manner when you went to medical school? Like, this is ridiculous. So he's like, we're going to get you on some antibiotics, whatever. So that night, I don't know if you guys noticed this last week, but it looked like I had a lobster claw on my finger as I was preaching. Some of you probably did. Some of you were like, oh, I missed it. But, uh, but anyway, so uh, that night, uh, Thursday night after Chi Alpha, I go home. I pop my antibiotic in my mouth, and I lay down in bed, and uh, I'm lying there. And about 20 minutes later, I go to Aaron. I was like, Aaron, something's not right here. She's like, what's going on? And she was like, woke up from a dead sleep. She's like, what's going on? I was like, my mouth is starting to tingle. And then pretty soon it felt like someone was poking needles in my tongue. And all of a sudden my lips started to swell up and they went numb. And then I couldn't talk, all right? So I was like, uh, Aaron, this is not very good right now, all right? And, and she's like, what, what should I do? I was like, I don't know. And then my face started to swell up. And I was like, Aaron, I'm so itchy. I'm so itchy. And I started to break out in hives everywhere, right? And I'm like, She's like, well, we're going to the emergency room. I'm like, I, I think I can ride it out. I think I can ride it out. She's like, no, we're going to the emergency room. So Aaron, like, gives me some Benadryl, gets me in the car. We're, like, driving to the emergency room, and I'm starting to have a hard time breathing now, which is actually really dangerous. And so I was like, and I'm like, and my eyes are starting to swell. So I'm like, Aaron, you just run the red lights. Run the red lights. And she's like, I don't want to break the law. I'm going to die. <laughs> I, like, punched the window. I was like, I'm going to die. And uh, <laughs> she's like, fine, I'll run the red light. So she took a left on a red. Don't tell anybody. Uh, and, uh, 
And we get to the hospital. They get us, like, right in. Six, six people come into the emergency room. They get an IV in me. They start pumping me full of drugs. And I felt a lot better in about three hours. But uh, it was the first time that anything like that has ever happened to me. And, uh, and in that moment, I started to think about some things about what are truly matters of life and death. Because in that situation, it was kind of the opposite. I didn't really think it was a matter of life and death. And the doctor said, I'm glad. I was like, so should have I not, could have I just wrote this out? And she looked at me and she's like, sir, you were one step away from total anaphylactic shock, which would have meant that your throat would have swelled up, you'd have suffocated and died. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is with this word death at the doctor's office, right? Uh, the reality is, is that not every single situation in life is a matter of life and death. But tonight, what I want us to talk about is a situation in our lives that I believe could be classified as a matter of life and death. And tonight, that battle that I want to talk about, or that thing, that situation, is a battle that I believe that is going and taking place in every single one of our lives. It is a battle that is a spiritual battle that is battling over your destiny. I believe that in this room, every single person has a battle going on over their life, over their destiny. Because we all have something that's being fought over. In fact, the reason, I, I believe that so wholeheartedly. I believe that God is fighting a battle over your destiny so wholeheartedly that I've devoted my entire life to college ministry, right? Because I love watching Jesus be victorious in the battles that are being fought in people's lives. I believe that, that there's a battle being fought over each and every one of your lives, both in the earthly, temporary, uh, that, that there is a purpose that God has for your time here on earth. A purpose that is, is far greater than anything that you could have asked or imagined. But I also believe that there is a battle being fought over your destiny in the heavenly and in the eternal things of life. I believe that this battle is why Jesus came to earth. I believe that this battle that's being fought over your life is the reason that the Bible exists and the fact that it points all of us towards Jesus. I believe this battle over your life is, is the reason that, that, uh, is the reason that, that miracles happen. It is why you are here in this room tonight. I believe for some of you, you're in this room tonight because uh, you actually don't know why you're in this room tonight. Someone invited you to Chi Alpha, and you're like, I actually don't know why I showed up, right? And I believe that the reason that you are here tonight is because God is fighting a battle over your life, and it's something that he wants to tell you. I believe for some of you, you might have heard right before you left your dorm or your apartment, ah, you shouldn't actually go tonight. It's just going to be the same old, same old thing. For some of you, there's a battle being fought over your life right now in the form of you almost checked out of here, and you, you almost walked out out of the room when we started worship or when, we, when I started my message or whatever it might be. Because there's battles going on for your soul and for your destiny. And Jesus knew this and he talked about this a lot. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you open to John 10. John 10. And uh, we're going to be in verse 7. And, and Jesus is essentially... Uh, kind of talking about talking through an analogy of the fact that like there is a there is a there's a battle going on in everybody's soul and and he talks about how to win that battle 
and how that battle is won. And so tonight, I want to give us three things that we must do to make sure that we are winning the destiny battles in our lives. And so, starting in verse 7 of chapter 10, it says this, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus is referring to himself as the good shepherd here. He says, All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. In this passage, what Jesus is talking about is the fact that, listen, uh, he refers to us as the sheep, right? And essentially that there are things and people and beings in this world that have a plan and a destiny for you, and Jesus has a plan and a destiny for you, and it is pretty obvious which one is better, right? And so the first thing that we need to do to make sure that we're winning the destiny battles in our lives is that we need to know our opponent, to know our opponent. So in order to go into any battle, we need to know who it is that we're up against, right? It's obviously important to know what, he's, what they're throwing at us. And Jesus spells out that we have an opponent that has a desire for your life. He says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, uh, we, we, you might have heard this enemy referred to as the devil or Satan or uh, a bunch of the accuser, the, uh, the whatever. There's a bunch of different words for this enemy of God that the Bible refers to time and time again. But the reality is, is that there is a real evil in this world that wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. And we don't have to look for very far to find that in our world, right? I mean, all we have to do is turn on the news for about three and a half seconds, and you're going to find out that there are things in this world that want to steal from us, kill us, and destroy us, right? It's just the reality of the world that we live in. And what we have to realize is that in the spiritual world, in the spiritual realm, there are matters of life and death. Jesus says, listen, take this seriously. I'm going to make it very simple for you and contrast it very, very clearly that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundant. That's good news, right? Like, that's really awesome news. But you see, what the enemy has done is he's tried to foggy this really clear depiction. And he's tried to make it gray, and he's tried to, like, he's kind of like that friend. Have you ever had a friend who, uh, uh, I'm talking a lot about my friends. Um, uh, have you ever had a friend who, who can never be serious about anything, right? Like, you're about to have a really serious talk, and then they insert, like, a fart joke or something like that. Or they just make some sort of stupid thing or whatever. It's kind of like that. Like, like the enemy always wants us to say, oh, no, 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 no. Surely, 
surely it can't be actually that serious. Surely the Bible can't actually mean that. Surely a, 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 you know, a loving God would eventually let me into heaven. Surely there's got to be more than one way than through Jesus to get to heaven. Surely if I'm just a good person, that there's a way to get there. And Jesus very clearly states that there is one gate, and it's him, right? And so we have to understand that, that there's a real opponent who wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you, and is going to do anything that he can do to muddy the waters and get you to listen to maybe self-proclaimed truth or or, or maybe you say, well, truth is relative. I kind of make my own truth, Steve. And we, kinda, and we can talk about that later if you have more questions about that. I don't have time to get into it tonight. But the reality is, is that Jesus made it very clear. I believe we have some verses from Romans there. Um, all right. So very simply, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, in other words, like, here's the, God says, here's the bad news. The bad news is, we've all sinned, and you're pretty much hosed, right? But the good news is, is I've made a way for you to be reconciled back to me. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's right there, the gospel, summed up in five seconds, okay? So that's really good news. And this is what Jesus is saying. Is he's saying, listen, you have to understand, but unless if you listen to the lie that the enemy, it's okay to kind of tiptoe here and tiptoe here, we get ourselves into trouble. I'll, I'll never forget, uh, when, I was a, when I was in junior high, I went to a, a Bible camp. And uh, I, was, I just went because my friends were going, and they said that we were going to play basketball there. So I was like, sure, <laughs> I like basketball. So I went. And uh, and I'll never forget my camp, uh, my camp coach or whatever. Sat, uh, we sat down uh, one one day, and he said, "Steve, uh, if you were to die tomorrow, where would you go?" I was like, "Well, I, I, I don't know." He's like, "Well, where, what do you think?" Well, I, I mean, I've I've been a pretty good kid. I think God would let me into heaven. And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he says, and he he went on to explain to me that it actually had absolutely nothing to do with my earthly performance, and that that was a lie. It was a gray area, foggy lie. And what he told me was, he said, Steve, Jesus is the way to heaven, and literally all it takes is you putting your trust in Him, declaring Him as the Lord of your life. I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 it cannot be that easy. It cannot be that simple. You see, I think God, I think God understood that, uh, that we weren't going to be able to understand a whole lot more than something very simple, right? And so he made it very black and white. Like, literally, it's pretty simple. Next verse in Romans. Um, but God demonstrates his own love for this that in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And we're going to finish another verse in this later on to in tonight's message. And I will never forget, I was sitting there and I started, it was the first time in my life that I started to realize, uh, I knew I'd heard about Jesus, I knew he died on a cross, I knew that, like, like, that like, he was a really awesome guy, but it was the first time in my life that I started to understand the fact that Jesus actually paid for all of my sin and wanted to bring me into a relationship with God. It was a beautiful thing. So if we don't understand that, then we'll never understand what this battle is all about and how important these battles are. We need to know our opponent and know that it is 
a matter of life and death. And then number two, the second thing that we need to do is we need to follow the shepherd's voice. It says here in this passage that I'm the good shepherd. Verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now listen to how he contrasts this with people who followed the not good shepherd, I guess. Uh, The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock the attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I think this is a beautiful illustration of what sin can do in our lives. And here's what I mean by that. Is that it's very obvious that this hired hand led this flock of sheep into wolf country, right? Which obviously isn't a good idea, right? So you're sheep, and you're not listening to the good shepherd. You're, you're walking around. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, shoot. I got myself in a sticky situation here. There's a wolf around. What should I do? Oh, I'm going to go for protection. And all of a sudden, there's no protection, and now I'm getting chased by a wolf, right? Sin does the exact same thing to us. It leads us into places we said we would never go. And it keeps us there for longer than we ever thought we would stay. Sin entices, messes our life up, and then leaves us there to clean up the mess ourselves. You ever realize that? That's what the enemy loves to do. Is he loves to say, hey, come with me. Come with me. Oh, by the way, we're in wolf country now. See ya. Right? And then all of a sudden, we're left to fend for ourselves and fight all these battles and try to clean up this mess. And the next thing you know, we're, we feel like we're completely in over our heads. And I think that the enemy loves to get us stuck in these battles and keep us stuck in these battles. when we don't actually have to be stuck in these battles. So, uh, I, uh, do we have, uh, Aaron, did you get those graphics in there? Okay, good, good, good. So... Let me, let me just explain this to you because I think that for some of you in here, you've been listening to lies and fighting battles that have actually been won for a very long time in your life and you didn't even know it. And tonight, there's going to be some serious freedom that breaks in your life because, because of some truth that gets spoken, okay? And it's going to be beautiful and awesome. And I share this every year in Chi Alpha, and I share it every year because every year someone receives breakthrough when I share this. So... Uh, I call this the shame cycle, all right? So this is what the enemy loves to do when we start to listen to his voice. You can put the first graphic up there, Chris. Okay? We have something that happens in our lives, right? We are led into a den of wolves, right? It's a bad situation. Maybe it's something that we do or it's something that gets done to us. And it's hurtful, it's painful, or it causes regret, it causes guilt, it causes all this stuff. Right. And what the enemy does is he loves to lead us and entice us into somewhere. And then once we are there, go to the next slide. He loves to tack on shame. It's like, hey, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Oh, I can't believe you fell for it again. Are you serious? You fell for this old trick again? 
and he heaps shame on top of us. And all of a sudden, we feel this shame for this sin in our lives. And we feel shame for this hurt that's in our lives because this terrible thing that was done to us or this terrible thing that we did is like it, it, it tags at us. And all of a sudden, what we hear in our, in our is not the shepherd's voice declaring who we are in, in him, but we hear the enemy's voice declaring that, no, this is just, this is just, this, obviously, you're just a mess up, you're a screw up, this is just who you are. And what happens, you can go to the next slide, is that he starts to identify you by what it is that you just did. For example, let's just say uh, you grew up in a, in a home that struggled with some alcoholism, all right? And so you started to struggle with drinking, and then the enemy tacked on shame with it. He's like, oh, see, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're, you're no better than any of the people who have come before you. You know why you struggle with alcohol? Because why? Well, he attaches an identity to it, and he says, because you're an alcoholic. And what do alcoholics do? Alcoholics drink. So you drink, and then you feel shame, and it further solidifies that lie of identity in your life, and you repeat the action. And this spirals out of control and grinds a hole into the identity of your life. You see... What the enemy's plan for all of us is to take us down a road for long enough that we start to believe the lies that he is saying about our lives. This is just who you are. This is just how it's going to be. And this is just what your life is going to look like. But this is what the word says. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. Guys, the reality is, is that we have a God who came to this earth and conquered sin and death and knows us so well and wants to give us an identity of being a follower of him, a co-heir with Christ, a child of God, Right, a conqueror, more than a conqueror through him. And and it's it's absolutely amazing. And what we have to realize is this third thing. So when we when we understand, if you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. If we understand who our opponent is, that we need to start listening to the right voice, is and then number three is that we need to realize that the war is over. We need to realize that the war is over. So um when I was in college, uh, I played intramural sports, okay? And I always laughed at intramural sports because every single time I was on an intramural flag football team, okay? And I was not, I'm not a very big person, all right, in case you guys didn't see that, all right? And so, uh, but literally, we'd be playing flag football, and every single time, every single team we played, there was always one guy who was just living in the past, you know what I'm saying? He was, like, reliving the glory days. He was kind of like that character, Uncle Rico on Napoleon Dynamite. Like, coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We would have took state, you know? And he was, like, totally living in the past. And, like, we're, like, out here playing intramural flag football, right? Like, your picture gets put up on a bulletin board for a week if you win this, okay? Congratulations. And it would be, and they just, like, they'd, like, grab me, like, and they, like, pin me on the ground be, like, can't take the heat, don't stay in the kitchen, bro. And then they, like, run away. It's like, (laughs) 
Wow. All right. Uh, you obviously need fulfillment in your life. I'll pray for you. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but, but we all know that person, right, that's like reliving the glory days of their high school athletics through intramural sports. If you play intramural sports, that's awesome. I'm not judging you at all, all right? Just don't take them too seriously. Okay. Um, but anyways, what we have to understand is that sometimes we get stuck living in the past. And we fail to move past that shame identity and realize that the way out is very simple. And it's the identity that Jesus has already won and placed over your life. It's not something that you have to look for. It's not something that you have to fight for. Notice that, that, that it does not say in this passage, very truly, I tell you that I am the maze gate for the sheep. Or I am the gauntlet for the sheep. Or I am the really confusing, really long, drawn-out process in which is going to involve incredible, amazingly heroic feats that few will ever accomplish. No, he just says, I'm the gate. <laughs> literally, just walk through it, man. And Jesus said, it's literally that simple. He has already gone before you. He says, listen, my daughter, my son, I have won. That day on the cross 2,000 years ago, I have completely paid for every single thing that's ever happened to you or is happening to you or will happen to you. I've already paid for every single thing you've done or that you are doing or that you are going to do. I've loved you then, I love you now, and I love you in your future. It doesn't matter. We are moving forward together. And literally the only decision that you have to make is whether or not you are going to walk through that gate. We are one decision away from stepping into our identity of that, of no longer being a slave to sin, no longer being an orphan, but being a child of a living God and a co-heir with Christ. Romans 10, 9 we're finishing up what they call the Romans road here. It says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I'm going to give people an invitation to do that tonight. But I also want to, I'm also going to be giving an invitation for people to stop... <laughs> To stop listening to the lie that they're stuck in the pain and the hurt that they've been stuck in for so long. Yes, so often I watch college students and young adults who are continuing to fight a war when the terms of surrender had already been signed by the enemy 2,000 years ago. And we still just are fighting and we're fighting and we're fighting. Notice that it does not say the good shepherd will help shoo the wolf away. But, Mr. Sheep, you're going to have to make sure that you practice your roundhouse kick. Otherwise, you're probably going down. Right? It doesn't say that. It says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 100% lays down his life. It is paid. It is finished. It is done. And I know you, and you know me, and I know what you've struggled. Jesus says, I know what you've struggled with. I know the pain that you carry. I know your battle. I know the wolves that are attacking you. I know the struggle. I know that it is real. And guess what? I laid my life down for that as well. There's a, there's a movie that uh, 
that I really love. It's it's called The Heart of Man, and uh, and it and it tries to the the movie uh, does a really beautiful job trying to uh, illustrate and communicate pretty much exactly what what we're talking about here tonight. I want to close with this, and worship team can come back up. Um, There's a there's a guy in that video, and he tells this testimony. He was a uh, he was uh, a guy who was struggling with a lot of drug addiction and was in and out of uh, rehab and fell back into relapse a bunch of times and and uh, and he tells a story of this of this vision that he had one day and uh, and essentially just this like picture that he saw in his mind that he that he feels like was from the Lord and and that illustrates. A, a beautiful aspect of the character of Jesus in the heart of God. And I thought it was fitting for tonight. I want to share it with you. He said this. When I, I saw this picture in my mind, and I remember the, the picture. I was in prison, and my hands were cuffed together. And I had a tray of food, and I was in the cafeteria, and I was walking by all these tables in the cafeteria, and no one would let me sit with them, and I found, so I found my own table and sat down. And in walks Jesus. He is dressed in prison clothing like me, and he sits down across the table from me, and he doesn't say anything. And I ask him, will you eat another meal with me? And he looked at me and he said, I'll eat a meal with you anytime you want. By the way, the doors are open. You can leave anytime you want. I melted. Unconditional, unfailing, present love is one thing. But for him to be with me in my addiction and in sickness and in relapse over and over and over again. That's what changes me. You see, what we have to understand about the God that we serve is that he understands that that we have battles that are going on in our lives and that he won the battle that day on the cross, but that you're going to face battles probably for the rest of your life. And the enemy isn't going to stop trying to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. It's just never going to stop. But it is in the process by which we run to him and we claim the victory that was already made available over those battles that we get to know the God of the universe in a way that would be far more intimate than what we could ever begin to imagine. The older I get and the more I walk with Jesus and the more things I face in my life, the more I am amazed by his infinite power and his infinite ability to overcome the things that I face in my life. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know what it is that you're facing tonight. I don't know what prison cell you feel like you're stuck in. But Jesus wants to come into that prison cell, look you in the face, and say, listen, I love you, and I love you right where you're at, but I love you too much to see you continue to sit in this prison cell when the doors are open. For some of you, you've been trying everything. And you're like a person in this prison cell, and you're trying to dig your way out of this prison cell. And the walls are 25 feet thick. Your hands are all bloodied up. You're discouraged. You're depressed. 
and the door is open waiting for you to walk out. And Jesus says, listen, all it takes is surrender. All it takes is you understanding that in order to get through that door, I am the door. And it takes surrender to say, okay, I will declare with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that, he, that God raised him from the dead. And I'll be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I know tonight's message is a little heavy, but I, I, I'm not going to apologize for that because I, uh, I care about you guys too much to not see you win the battle that's taking place in your life. When Jesus has already won it for you, you just got to step into it. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here tonight, and you've never done that, you've never declared with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Or maybe you did a really long time ago, and that has not been a part of your life at all whatsoever. And you'd like to just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm recommitting to that. If you could just lift up your head and look at me if that's you, if you want to make that decision tonight, Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? All right. So we're going to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to pray essentially exactly what we read out of that book of Romans, okay? And I just want you to pray this prayer in your heart. Heavenly Father, I realize that my sin has separated me from you a holy God. But tonight, I'm accepting what you did for me on the cross by dying for my sins. I'm accepting that forgiveness. I'm declaring you as Lord in my life. And I'm asking for strength to live for you for the rest of my days. If you're here tonight, second question is this. If you're here tonight and you've been listening to the lies of identity, maybe you've been stuck in that shame cycle. Maybe sin has brought you farther than you've ever thought you'd go and kept you there longer than you ever thought you'd stay. Maybe you've been trying to get out of a prison cell in your own way and you realize that, ah, oh, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired in this area of my life. If that's you, we want to pray for you tonight. I think we all have areas of our life that are heaped with shame. And so we're going to have a team in the back. Our Chi Alpha staff and interns will be back there. If we, would, if we could pray for you, we would love to pray for you. Um, please don't be shy to come back. This is probably the most important part of Chi Alpha on Thursday nights is us being able to actually take care of business with the Lord. So we're going to, I'm going to pray, and then the worship team is going to continue to lead us in worship. And just allow God to speak some life over you and life abundant. Help, ask him to identify some of those, help you identify some of those lies that you've been listening to. And if we can pray for you in any way, we'll be in the back available for that. Lord, we thank you that you give us life and life abundant. God, I thank you that that you point out to us that life, that, that 
Our spiritual battles are a matter of life and death, but God, life is available and it is won in Jesus' name. And Lord, I, I pray for strength for every single person in here, not to listen to the voice and the identity of the enemy, but to listen to the voice and the identity of the good shepherd and to realize that the war is over. You have won, God. Would we always remember that you have won and not stay in the prison cell longer than what we have to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to pray. We're available for you, and we'll come back up and close in just a few.